0: This homily is preached by Father Billy Daniel on the 7th Sunday of Easter, May 24th, 2020. The Pulitzer Prize-winning novel by Cormac McCarthy, McCarthy, The Road, tells the story of a boy and his father traveling across a barren post-apocalyptic world that has been reduced to dust and ash, desperately trying to survive while also attempting to remain human in the process, to still be the good guys, even while everyone else seems to have forgotten who they are. That's the trouble with memory, says the father to his son. You forget what you want to remember, and you remember what you want to forget. Trudging the derelict road, they scavenge for food, rummaging through homes laid bare by some cataclysmic event we never learn about, or just ruined by the hands of humans who have forgotten their purpose to nurture creation as their own. It becomes increasingly difficult for the two of them to actually remember who they are. On one occasion... Upon entering an abandoned home to look for food and supplies, the father stumbles past a full-length mirror in one of the rooms and immediately draws his pistol to fire, not realizing he had stumbled upon his own reflection. McCarthy emphasizes this forgetfulness to which an ashen world hidden from the sun compels. Highlighting this reality, uh, by, by actually never sharing the, the character's names, the boy and his papa, nor anyone else in the story for that matter. The world is reduced to anonymity. Time has stopped. There's no more past and therefore no more future. Yet there is a more primal fire that continues to burn, a spark of something in the deep that remains present, even if nearly impossible to see or conjure. Our God is a consuming fire, says the writer to the Hebrews, a voice that shakes both heaven and earth, but. Is an unshakable kingdom. As we read in Hebrews 12 29, there is a kingdom that is impervious to the neglect and forgetfulness and greed of humans, from which the voice of God ushers forth, inviting those who have ears to hear, to listen, and to remember that there is one who mediates a life that burns within. And everyone who would dare to approach, anyone who would dare to ascend the mountain will receive the true freedom of God's love and grace. For many, our current situation seems almost apocalyptic. There is a disease wreaking havoc upon the world, a virus that is no respecter of persons. Yet as we are often prone to do, many of our communities are bemoaning their rights as Americans not to have to wear a face mask when we go to Walmart or to Wegmans, convinced that we should be able to infect whomever we please, completely oblivious that any of us might be inadvertently causing harm. And on this Memorial Day weekend, I'm not sure those who fought and died for the freedoms that we enjoy in this country did so that we might preserve our freedom not to wear a mask. I watched a car drive by the church just this past week with a handmade sign taped to the outer window, give me back my freedom. Now. I have my own suspicions about government and the will to power in the nations of the world. I am generally skeptical of politicians and the information we receive through news outlets. But it is a sad day in our country when freedom is reduced to not having to wear a protective mask or being able to walk unencumbered around the mall. I'm not convinced this rises to the level of impinging on my rights. This is the sort of forgetfulness McCarthy's book illustrates, the very antithesis to the freedom of God described in Hebrews and in Luke's Gospel. Sure, this drive for individual freedom, surely this drive, is in the end what is consumed by the fire of God. We are called to love our neighbors as a living sacrifice, not to neglect them for my own sake or to my own comfort. The coronavirus, it seems to me, continues to expose deep-set proclivities in our culture, not least of which is the failure of the human rights project. What began as an attempt to recapture the dignity and civility of humanity is continually reduced to one individual's pursuit over against another's, forgetting that there is something more primal than rights, something much stronger than a virus, something far more healing than a mask or a vaccine. Do not rejoice. At this, says Jesus, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you or that you can make the well, you can make well the sick. Do not rejoice that your wisdom and understanding pierces through the flattened linear perspectives of this world, its teachings, or its prophets. Rather, says Christ, rejoice that I know who you are. Rejoice that God does not forget you, even as the world desperately attempts to forget its maker. Even though we often forget God, God does not forget us. God does not behave like a spoiled child. The precipice on which we stand today is one where we can either continue learning who we are by learning the names of those around us. And by that I mean learning who we really are as a community. Or we can turn back to the rat race of anonymity which continues to get us nowhere and gets us nowhere pretty fast. If God knows us, and calls us each by name, maybe we could bother to do the same with each other. To do so will mean moving beyond my own will and desires, setting aside any notion of what is my right, and rather replacing this fiction of rights with the truth of responsibility. What does this mean? It means that I do not have the right to litter the world with my desires and to be constantly on the go go seeking my own gain, consuming whatever I want. Rather, I have a responsibility to God, to my neighbor, to the planet, to myself, to care for my neighbor, to care for the land beneath my feet, and to do so in such a way that gives life and breath rather than spreading suffering and pain. On most days, this might be as simple as taking out the recycling or wearing a mask to the grocery store. At other times, it may mean feeding those who hunger, mowing the neighbor's lawn, driving an immigrant to the hospital, none of which impinges on my life as a person. Because in God, there are no individuals. There is only family we have not yet met. And blissful, says Jesus, blissful are the eyes that see this reality and live according to it. Blissful are the ears that hear this gospel and receive it with faith. For this is the unmistakable reality of the kingdom, the flame of life and love that God has placed in the innermost parts of our being. To experience it, however, to know its truth, we have to become responsible to it, and increasingly so. When we do, its power, its peace, comes to life in us, opening our eyes and ears to the kingdom of God, alive and well on the earth, if we would but attend to its truth. The cares of this world with its false notions of freedom will consume us if we let it. To be free, however, We have only to let go of ourselves, give thanks to God, and become increasingly responsible to and for Christ in each other and in the world. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the broadcast of St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Geneseo, New York. If you would like to learn more or to contribute to this podcast, visit us online at stmikesgeneseo.org. That's S T M I K E S G E N E S E O.org.